a lot of people our age, even though it's like overlaps with us a little bit, I think Lovecraft is like just before our time, right? It was like, like I, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, he was he wrote he wrote in the, like the 1910s to like the 1930s, and he uh-huh. would he would like sell his works to like. Hi, welcome to the I Lost My Topic podcast, where we discuss trends in technology, life lessons, and any other random topic that comes up. To learn more or to get in touch, go to michaelclu.com slash lostmytopic. The fucking magazine, and it would be, yeah. he, he would get like 15 bucks. <laughs> From what I understand, that's like that was like pretty good for a writer at its at his time. Mm-hmm. But like yeah, he didn't he didn't really get he didn't really get that popular until like I would say like ten fifteen years ago. So yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's already Lovecraft like it's already in place. The fan base is already in place. <laughs> I'm just joining the already ordained fan base. I, I don't have to go around telling people about Lovecraft. I mean, he inspired a lot of people like Stephen King. Um, mm-hmm. I think John Carpenter like. His movie The Thing is basically mm-hmm. a Lovecraft story, but John Carpenter has said he doesn't like Lovecraft, so I'm not sure how much of that was. <laughs> no, he said that like Lovecraft is a lazy writer because he's just oh, like, because like Lovecraft, yeah, I, you've read some of it, I'm sure. When he's just like, like a character will be like, man, I saw something real spooky, so spooky <laughs> that I went crazy. <laughs> I will try to describe it to you. There was like an eyeball and there was some teeth, but oh no, don't let me talk more about it because I'll go crazy. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the phrase unspeakable horrors, right? Yes, it's a cop out. Yeah. I mean, you have yeah. to understand at the time that was a kind of a novel thing. And another mm-hmm. another thing that he did that was relatively novel, other than like I guess Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, was he mixed a lot of supernatural with scientific elements. Like mm-hmm. there was like weird stuff going on, but there's always like so and doctor so and so built this device which let him put on these goggles to look into alternate realities versus like more like i guess classic horror is just yeah there's a spooky ghost like it jumped out of the closet and i got spooked (laughs) so right right. or it's like a a ghost covered in blood or like a mom uh it was always like very based in reality sure to that point like it was always based on like families or like the church maybe like solid concepts that we knew about but i feel like lovecraft was the first time that it went into like almost like an alien type of horror it's yeah it's definitely alien like if you see a zombie it's like that's just like dude <laughs> it's just a guy <laughs> like like a vampire is it's still just a guy <laughs> you know like he's like he likes to suck blood like i like to eat food it's it's understandable but one thing i've been yeah. thinking about lately is how like the reason why certain um like uh, classic horror is very popular and it's because mm-hmm. they are oftentimes reflections of what we're afraid of like a vampire he's like count dracula he's not just a homeless man he's a count like he's in a position mm-hmm. of authority you know and like we talk about how like like ceos or like politicians or like all these members of authority are essentially like sucking the lifeblood out of like the populace which is what count dracula does and mm-hmm. i i legitimately think part of the reason why he's popular is because even though it's fantastical and it's ridiculous it mm-hmm. still is like something that we think about like either some subco- subconsciously or not like frankenstein is more like oh it frankenstein kind of parallels with lovecraft in a bit because it's like has science gone too far or something like that. But yeah, no, Lovecraft is... It's like, Lovecraft prides himself, at least later on in his life, on being so alien that you mm-hmm. don't have a human analog. 
Mm. You know, like it's like what what is this? Like it's like Cthulhu is like a half man, half dragon. <laughs> half well, he's basically octopus. uh, he's basically the Hindu elephant god, right? Ganeshan. I don't think like he kind of looks like it, I guess, but mm. I don't think Lovecraft based it off of him because mm. Lovecraft is pretty like he's pretty. Uh, he's an Anglophile. Like he grew up in the, on the East Coast, but he was like obsessed with England. Like he's like yeah. a he's like he's like a guy growing up in America who's a weeaboo and obsessed with Japan. But Lovecraft <laughs> was that. But he was like, man, these there's so many goddamn immigrants in America. It was so much better back in like the puritanical like like uh, England. But it's funny because I don't think he ever actually lived there. He just has his like idealized version of it. But no, I like it, it's possible, but. It seems unlikely, you know, what I know about him. He was very, he was very racist, even for his time. Like he was in a pretty racist society, but even right. other racists around him were like, "Bro, that's too racist." Like <laughs> that, that's pretty bad. Like he was, he like he wow. hated all like different groups, especially if they looked different. He even hated Jewish people, even though his, uh, his only his wife was Jewish. So his oh. wife would say to him like. You know I'm Jewish, right? Like, you know, I don't know if you are aware of this, but like he'll, he'll go on some rant about how like the Jews are doing so and so, and she's like, you know, like you know I'm Jewish, like by the yeah. way, but this is awkward. Yeah, she's just like trying not to uh, pay too much attention to him. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, you know it's uh, by the way. Did you ever see? So when you mentioned uh, the vampires being counts. Did you ever see there is a cracked article about that? Uh, I don't know if I heard that from a cracked article. I think I watched mm -hmm. a video when a guy talked about it. So cracked.com had an article like many, many years ago, back in 2008, I think, uh, which is 10 years ago. Kevin. Jesus Christ. <laughs> back when we were in college. Uh, back when I was so excited ago. about the future. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they said that uh, actually there was a trend with uh, political parties and what types of movies were popular at the time. So whenever, uh, I think whenever the Democrats were in power or were like whenever they ran the political scene, mm -hmm. then uh, then vampire movies would come out because Whoa. Uh, they perceived uh, Democrats as like sucking the lifeblood out of the nation, right? Right. And then Republicans would be like the opposite. So when Republicans were in power, you'd bring out zombie movies and uh, because they're they're like stolid and and unwilling to change, and this guy like went back through all the presidencies in like the last ten years, and he lined it up to the popular movies that came out during that period, like Shaun of the Dead or like you know uh, Van Helsing and stuff like that. That's crazy. I I, didn't, yeah. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, it's so there's definitely like a contemporary aspect too to what types of horror we find uh, particularly appealing. I don't think the average person really like. I don't think about it. Like, I'm, I, if I watch a vampire movie, I'm like, oh, that's because those damn liberals are in charge. Like, I, I like. I, I don't think the average person has that that really strange logic in their head. Like, yeah, probably not. I mean, it's yeah. correct. It it was like part satire. I just yeah. thought it was really funny how like he made the the dates line up and like you you gotta appreciate it when someone really sells a a, her a crazy theory. Right? Sure. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. So Lovecraft, like, I mean, he's 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 written a lot of stuff, but mm -hmm. like, I've either read it most of like all of it myself, or I've listened to another podcast where they go through it. But like, the podcast that I listen to is called the HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast. 
or nice. podcraft or something but uh -huh. they cover every story and they have to wade through a lot of really bad stories oh. like <laughs> like like what he's known for is like a few really good stories and like mm -hmm. the thing i like about lovecraft is he only writes short stories like it doesn't yeah. take long to read and you you sure. get it you know yeah yeah but yeah no he he has a lot of bad stories like he has one that's basically the storyline is there was a town that was really nice Mm -hmm. But a lot of immigrants showed up, and like <laughs> it got all fucked up, and like oh. it got like worse and worse, and then like the town like like collapsed and killed all the immigrants, and then it was mm -hmm. pure again. It's called the horror. <laughs> I think it's called the horror at Red. No, no, it's called the Street. Mm -hmm. the, I think it's it, it was pretty bad, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like part of that, like I'm a little conflicted about it because, like, obviously I care about him being such a horrible racist, but mm -hmm. the reason his writing, like, strikes so deep with a lot of people is it's a fear of the unknown mm. and a fear of the alien. And, yeah. like, and that's kind of what racism is at its core, if you really think about it. Mm -hmm. Like, if you watch, like, mummy movies, for example, like, mm -hmm. it's just, like, some dude going into, like, an Egyptian tomb, <laughs> which is, like, supposed yeah. to be, like, a place, like, a holy place of respect and, like, right. this person is being laid to rest. But it's, like, <laughs> it's weird to Western sensibilities. So it's, like, whoa, look at these weirdo wackos. Like, you know, and, and like, nowadays, yeah. like, I hope, like, that doesn't really happen anymore. Like, we don't really mm -hmm. make movies about, like, mummies being creepy because... It's right. really racially insensitive if you think mm -hmm. about it, and yeah. but then but then at the same time, like part of the reason why Lovecraft appeals to us is because I think every human, even if you're like the least racist person, you still will encounter stuff that's like outside of your purview, and mm -hmm. you view it as weird and different and therefore wrong. And I think that's like a yeah. human survival strategy that's like ingrained in this, and I'm not sure if it'll ever go away unless we're all like a monoculture eventually well, i think it's also like uh so we've talked about uh i think there's a large element of change involved too so right. like you know like sunich the the god of change right uh Sinich. from warhammer oh uh yeah <laughs> yeah there's <laughs> i just, just uh, i just threw that in there well yeah, yeah because the warhammer uh the chaos stuff is very lovecraftian right yeah it's just madness yeah, it's just like tons of fanfic of, of, of Lovecraft, basically, all the Warhammer lore. And right. I, I used to read a ton of those stories. And the way it always goes is there's a nice village in Bretonia or something. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then, you know, like some guy always gets corrupted. Like mm -hmm. he probably like he goes to a bad party or he goes to like um, there were such good stories, man. Or he would go to like he would travel abroad, like do a study abroad and he'd come back and he'd, <laughs> he'd, like have met like some like suspicious character and then right. his mind would just like slowly warp right? right and then one day he would like grow a tail and he'd be like you know what that's probably not a big deal and yeah just that's fine about his life and then like it's always that like slowly creeping in right i think that's right. a very uh, lovecraftian thing and it's i think it's like honestly i think it's like a reaction to globalization oh yeah or, it absolutely yeah. is like in lovecraft's yeah. time like the difference between like 1800 and 1900 is a massive change for in terms of globalization like there were a lot more countries like m there was a lot more movement across uh like different countries like especially after world war 1 there was a lot of refugees that actually ended up going to like the united states mm -hmm. and like cuz he lived in, like new york for a bit and i think he lived in different parts of the east coast but he hated new york cuz new york had a lot of immigrants and like it's not just like he hated like other it wasn't just he hated like people with people of color he also disliked like yeah. he hated like irish people he was like those damn irish 
They're not cool. <laughs> they're not pure like me. I'm a I'm a pure I'm a pure English boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's. I think that's part of it too. I mean, like, mm-hmm. he was a very sickly child and mm-hmm. and an, an adult actually. But he he like I think a lot of that comes out in his writing. Like, he has this one story about not being able to like go to war because the character is too weak or like he's mm-hmm. not weak strong enough to like defend the walls and like if you look at when that's written that's right when world war one started and he mm-hmm. felt like he failed because he wasn't strong enough to mm. attend even though it's much better that he didn't i think <laughs> right yeah yeah for sure that's yeah. interesting yeah cool well uh yeah i feel like we didn't even explain what lovecraft was Oh no! Oversight, but if I feel like it did come across in the conversation, I hope so. It's like tentacles and eyeballs and unknown. That's basically it. And racism, racist (laughs) tentacles and eyeballs, and it's uh, persisted for over a hundred years, which is great. Yeah, and and that's interesting to me. Just the fact that it's persisted, like it's because it's. I don't know. Like his, it's it's fun to read, (laughs) you know. Like, and, and it's 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 very it's easily digestible, and I think. Like I, I don't really, I didn't really get into Lovecraft until I was older. But from what I understand, a lot of younger readers like it because, like, there's a lot of like it, 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 it focuses on a lot of like not belonging and like not fitting in. Like it kind of capitalizes on those feelings. And for people who are younger who are like don't have many friends or like don't feel like they fit in, I, I think that they, they relate to that more. But then again, yeah. I also read it when I was like. I only got into when I was like 24 or 25, so it's, I don't really have that same relation to it. But from what I've seen from other fans, it seems like mm-hmm. the genesis of that is because they, they were like, oh, first I can, I can have this weird tentacle book. And my, my, my parents will think I'm a weirdo, but yeah I, yeah, I think that's part of it too. That's cool. So I was actually going to transition into uh, a game that we both really like that mm-hmm. you introduced me to. Uh, so the game is called Subnautica. So basically, the, this game is a survival slash horror game, right? So we're still kind of in the horror genre. And uh, uh, you basically you play as this, uh, I guess you're like an astronaut of some sort, an explorer. I, I don't think you're an astronaut because, okay. so I think you crash, you, you basically get marooned on this planet because your ship mm-hmm. blows up and you, mm-hmm. you escape an escape pod and you're trapped there. From what mm-hmm. I understand, you're just like a nobody. Like you're like mm. this is like your boring nine to five, and you're like, <laughs> oh fuck! I, I, you're going on this route that like people go on all the time, and mm-hmm. it's like pretty rare that any of this stuff happens, and no one really expects you to survive if it does. At least that's right. my interpretation of it. Because just the way how sterile sterile everything is, mm-hmm. like the way that PDA talks to you and like a. Mm. condescending like ai voice like (laughs) you better not mess with any of this like it it kind of the sense i got was i felt like i was a faceless nobody in like a big evil corporation so yeah that's how i don't have any backstory you don't talk at all it's not like you're a highly trained uh soldier or like a special ops agent definitely no you know like that's the thing that most i I had this discussion earlier uh Mm -hmm. with someone basically I was trying to explain to him why survival horror games are fun. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, it's sometimes it's fun to be desperate and have like three bullets left and like not knowing if you're <laughs> gonna survive. Yeah. And so this guy I was talking to, this is a while ago, is a coworker who doesn't play a lot of video games. Mm-hmm. He was like, Nah, dude, all the video games I play, I'm just, I'm, I, I just kill everything. Like I'm an unstoppable <laughs> badass, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I'm, I was trying to impress on him, like, no, sometimes the disempowerment 
is it feels <laughs> it feels really good and he just yeah. he just cannot understand why it felt good to me and subnautica is a very disempowering game like you yeah. don't get it you don't really get like any offensive weapons you get some like torpedoes for mm-hmm. your little submarine but it's like not very good mm-hmm. but i think there's value in disempowerment like yeah i i, I go into subnautica like I've beaten it already, so I know everything about it. But when I was playing it, I, I like the like if you could take a picture of me in my in my chair, I'm just yeah. like bolt upright. Like I'm like wow. I'm like I'm like my eyes are right into the screen, and I'm just like mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> and it's yeah. very it's very memorable because of that. It's disempowering. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. We should yeah. also mention that you are a games reviewer, so you've already played like tons and tons of games. It, with a very analytical uh, bent to your mind, but this game still impressed you. Yeah, no, this Subnautica, it's uh, yeah, and it's it's so good. <laughs> you know, I think the I think the whole element of empowerment, empowerment versus disempowerment, it feels kind of like a coming of age thing because I think when I was young, I really liked GTA because I liked that feeling that I could do anything and not really get punished for it, right? Mm-hmm. But I think when you're older your mindset kind of shifts a little bit and you, you know, you're not as curious anymore about like, like for example, you remember like cheat codes? Cheat codes yeah. used to be like the funniest thing, right? You'd oh, just, I love them. Yeah, you type in cheat codes and you're like, wow, you could break the system. Like, there's oh, no I got limit. a minigun, I can shoot all these guys. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, Kevin, come over, I got the new cheat codes. And you, you play Vice City. Right, right, right. Yeah. Or you can like fly with a tank or something. Yeah, it was amazing. You yeah. want to hear something really depressing about vice city by the way okay so so from when vice city was released to now Mm -hmm. is equivalent to when vice city was released to the 80s to the time it was set in does that make sense yeah does that make sense like yeah yeah, the same amount of time has passed the same amount of time has passed so basically what we should be getting now is a gta set in like 2003 (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) yeah Uh, You'll drive a car and it'll play like NSYNC or something. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. When it was in 2000, like George Bush would be president, I guess. Uh huh. Uh-huh. What else? Yeah, George Bush. Yeah, was it was it was a Mountain Dew Code Red? Like was that a thing? Yeah. Well, we played with yo-yos. Um, oh yeah, yo-yos. Yeah. There's probably gonna be pogs in in the game. Would it be uh, Beyblades? Beyblades. Uh, yeah, Beyblades. Pokemon. That's kind of that's kind of niche. Pokemon was a 95 to 2001 thing. I see. So yeah, it would yeah. be like that. Man, that's but, that's weird. No, sorry for getting sidetracked. And when you brought up okay. GTA, my my friend just texted me that like, uh-huh. like it was horrible realization when I read it. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, I bet we could come up with lots of facts like that that make us just feel depressed. Kind of like true. when I said 2008 was 10 years ago. Yeah, man. That's, or you that's could say uh, the Matrix came out in 2001. Wasn't it 99 or was it 2001? I think we can just use our opinions because there's no facts. It doesn't matter. I think it came yeah. out in '99. Hey, I, okay. I looked. I, I cheated. I looked it up. It, it did come out. It, it did come <laughs> up in 1999. You know when I, you know when I was talking about not living in a fact-based world anymore, I was lying. You were I, just I, lying. I couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. Couldn't uh, resist. All right. Well, uh, all right. So back back to Subnautica. Back to Subnautica. So, so okay. Yeah. About empowerment and uh, disempowerment. Like yeah. I do know what you mean. Like it's kind of like being able to appreciate like a bitter taste <laughs> like yeah, yeah. like how I do you know I, things are I, sweet unless you have the bitter taste yeah you know i think that's like, why I, people like ipa so much 
Oh yeah, I, I do, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of IPAs, but I, like I do IPAs. understand like why you would like it. I mean, like mm-hmm. there are other things that are bitter too, like coffee. Mm-hmm. I didn't appreciate coffee when I was younger. I mean, it, it kind of depends. Like I still enjoy like the mindless game once in a while. Yeah, but not very much. Yeah, I know that makes sense. Like I, I know I can like fire up. I don't know what's an empowering game. Counter Strike. Uh, no, <laughs> Counter Strike is very disempowering. Yeah, I, I am bad. So, so Counter Strike is actually a really disempowering game. It's in, it's insurgency empowering. Uh, no, I wouldn't say. If so. you're if you're good, it's okay. the most empowering game. But that's kind of different. Like I'm trying to think of a game that just gives you. I'm looking at my uh, Steam right now and the most recent games I've played, and I'm trying to find one a game that's like strictly empowering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orcs Must Die too. Yeah, it's a good arcade yeah. kind of. It's very up. silly, yeah. but I don't really get into them very much. Like mm-hmm. they don't really inspire me to write a lot or really want to have further discussion. Like if I was to review Orcs Must Die, it would just it, like <laughs> if I was to start writing about it, it would kind of feel like it was forced. Yeah, it would kind of. I'll be like, I'll have to be like, yeah. So the guy's hair looks cool. Like his shirt looks <laughs> kind of neat. Like I don't like his pants. Yeah, the music is nice, but I wouldn't be able to like write like as much as I did for like Subnautica. Yeah, talking about the feelings it evokes because Orcs yeah. Must Die is like eating like some Cheetos, you know, like it's good, yeah. but it doesn't really like. I don't want to tell people about it if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like, yeah, like I'm kind of a weirdo because all the games I like are like weird, like very difficult games. Like mm-hmm. I'm really into the the Rising Storm series. Mm-hmm. It's like these like very difficult multiplayer first-person shooters mm-hmm. that like basically you spawn in and you run around and you die like <laughs> and you don't know you don't yeah. know what happened yeah and like i tell my friends like this game is great and they, they watch me play i'm like they're like dude like this game looks terrible like <laughs> why, why would you enjoy this but yeah. but like i don't know it's i like it i guess mm-hmm. i don't know I, li- I like the authenticity mm-hmm. i like the fact that you could turn the tide if you get lucky or if you're mm-hmm. smart i like the fact that like they did a ton of research into the game like so rising storm 2 this is kind of a side note but like in rising storm 2 mm-hmm. that's set during a vietnam war right yeah so all the american soldiers were using the m16a1 which is mm-hmm. their standard rifle mm-hmm. and if you play the game each rifle has 18 rounds in it mm. and so i thought that i thought at the time they were using 20 round box magazines uh-huh. okay and I'm like, why do they only have 18? So I read more about it, and all the soldiers, a lot of the soldiers reported that if... So the way a gun magazine works is it's a spring, and you jam bullets into it, essentially. Mm-hmm. And if you jam... So you can jam a maximum of 20. But if you jam in 20, it'll, like, keep the spring super compressed. Mm-hmm. So if you keep a spring super compressed, it tends to lose its, like, like tension. Yeah. And so when you, when you get into a firefight and you start shooting it, it... It, w- it might not work. It might give you a misfire because the right. spring isn't adequate enough to shoot it back. So, to, so they would like keep their magazines loaded for like months at a time, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. So that would be really bad. So they were like, all right, just to be safe, just put in 18. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's happened yeah. to That's me happened before. When, I was when, a gun, when a gun didn't work? No, we, fought, we put too many bullets inside and the bullets kind of crowd each other and they don't, yeah. uh, they don't pop up into the mechanism properly. Yeah, but I, yeah. So I guess I guess my point is like 
I appreciate that oh. these historical nerds mm -hmm. <laughs> went through the went through the trouble <laughs> of fighting disinformation. Now, yeah. like, I can imagine most people would just be like, "Oh, they get thirty rounds," because the the North Vietnamese forces again AK and has thirty rounds, and then it won't be fair. <laughs> but they're like, "No, no, 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 no! You're 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 an American grunt. You have an M16A1. You've got eighteen rounds." Yeah, that's so, a, a appreciate I, a touch of realism, I guess. I guess I'm getting sidetracked from Subnautica, right? But I, I, I'm, I'm still trying to explain why I like to disempower more. And part mm -hmm. of the reason why I like Subnautica so much is because of that mm -hmm. disempowering feeling. Because it doesn't... It's There is some guidance. Would you agree? Like, there is some stuff telling you, like, what to do yeah. and where to go. But mostly you have to figure it out because you have... Like, yeah. So I feel like the way the game guides you is through necessity. So, like... You, yeah. you start seeing your hunger and thirst go down immediately. That's the first thing you notice, right? But right. Actually, I guess the first thing you notice is your oxygen goes out really quickly. So you immediately realize, like, okay, whatever I'm going to do, it has to be close by. I can't go too far. And then your food and thirst start going down, and you're like, well, what do I, what do, I do for that? So your Can first... I eat these mushrooms? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can I eat these mushrooms? Yeah, I found mushrooms the first thing. And then I think I started catching fish, but I wasn't. Mm -hmm. I don't think I cooked them. I didn't do anything with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I like for a lot of games like this, like mm -hmm. even Minecraft. I don't know mm -hmm. if you ever played Minecraft. I have. Yeah. Yeah. So when I played Minecraft, I had to like when I first started playing back in like 2012. Mm -hmm. Like I had to look up what how to do things. Mm -hmm. Like because it it's, it was supposed it was kind of intuitive. Like oh, you draw out the shape of what you want to craft, but right. I didn't have to do this for Subnautica at all. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to look up anything. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's pretty great because it's a pretty complicated game and there's a lot of things that you can do. Yeah. But but it kind of just, I don't know, it just kind of feels right, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I, I guess something I didn't like about it was, I don't know if you got to the part where you had to scan blueprints. Yeah, yeah, I did. That, that could be kind of that could be very frustrating. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I I, under, I, I kind of like the idea of it, but it's yeah. it is frustrating when I'm like, why can't I build an upgrade console? Like I have 99.9 percent .9 of everything. Like I could yeah. probably figure it out. But I think that was the yeah. closest they got to like introducing a grind, because you had to go around and and just search. Like you're basically you, like did, just panning did, for gold. What did you beat? Did you beat? Did you finish with Samonica? No, I didn't. Okay, I, this is a semi-spoiler, but there is a pretty hefty grind oh. like right before the end. To get the to get the thing. So to get the you have to do a thing. Okay. And to do the thing, you need a bunch of things that are kind of all over the place. <laughs> oh man. If, if the, yeah, it's not that bad, but yeah. it was kind of like, it's like the storyline gets ramped up to a point, and you're like, oh yeah, all this cool stuff's happening, mm -hmm. and then someone says, hey, do this. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, that doesn't seem very heroic. Yeah. <laughs> but. No, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, the thing about Subnautica is I kind of got a vague mm -hmm. environmental, like pro, like pro environmentalist, like, oh, yeah, yeah, message yeah. in it. Message, it's kind of, it's, it's subtle, but yeah. it kind of feels like I, if you, if you just go around grabbing fish, yeah, like just grab it in willy nilly, you actually deplete it. Like, right. you'll go out and you'll see less fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's sense. not infinity fish. It's not infinity resources. <laughs> sure. You know? Sure, yeah. And it's yeah. it's upsetting because like in the back of my mind I'm like, this is really like if I build something, I'm like, <laughs> I'm never getting that back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I but like after finishing the game, I like that. I like mm -hmm. the idea that like just this is like a such a beautiful alien ecosystem 
and just me being here, I'm already depleting it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, of what it needs. And even the way you enter the planet is very disruptive. You just crash oh, there yeah. with your giant radioactive ship, and it kills like everything in its zone, and then it yeah. radioactives the water, and it yeah, it's yeah, awful. Yeah, you're you're definitely making the planet worse when you land. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, another yeah. thing I really liked about the game. And I right. also like this about Minecraft too. So this is actually, I, you know, like you have that aha moment for games. For yes. me, the click for both of the games was like the different biomes, right? And the yes. biomes didn't come in like any particular order. It wasn't like, okay, go through the ice biome and then you'll reach the sand biome and then you'll reach the fire biome. It was more right. like just pick a direction and you might find a new biome, but you might also find the same biome. And like each biome right. is just... A completely different like world right and and it's yeah. like a whole new set of different resources and mechanics and like yeah. do i should i cut this plant with a knife or should i like just harvest the seeds or like you know uh there might be more predators in this one so it really like makes you feel like i don't know how to describe it but it's like creating uh different stages of a game without making them boring like a sequence you know it's almost like a level yeah, right? yeah, yeah, like it's like like a traditional video game has level one, two, three, right, like right. the ice level. It it feels like that in Subnautica, and it I, what I like about the game a lot. I don't think I even covered this in my review, but I basically mm -hmm. I like the idea that like when I entered a new biome, mm -hmm. I had a pretty good idea like within like five <laughs> seconds of what to expect. Like I'm like, is this a is this a bad place? Uh -huh, <laughs> like uh -huh, is uh -huh. this a happy place? Yeah. Is this, like yeah. and it's a combination of like it's like how it looks like. Like mm -hmm. does it look does it, does it, being here make me want to die <laughs> or like or, or like and it's also yeah. the musical cues like right. the, the 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 music does a really good job of making you feel yeah, relaxed yeah happy like it doesn't necessarily have to do with how deep or how shallow you are like mm -hmm. some areas that are shallow are date are really dangerous areas mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but like it's it's a combination of that and also like the sound in general like all the animals make a sound mm -hmm. like a, like a unique sound i don't know if you've noticed like yeah. every animal has a like and it's not really intuitive mm -hmm. other than a couple you're like okay that's i don't mess with that guy but <laughs> yeah, but like i i remember the in the very beginning there was where those manatee things with uh -huh. the big green butts yeah yeah they, they flow around their gas yeah. they scared the shit out of yeah, me yeah yeah <laughs> like, like i'm like oh my god what is this and i, I, I like i like but now like they make this weird like kind of laughing sound mm -hmm. like oh, 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 sound <laughs> and like now when now when i hear that i'm like oh he's just a he's just a bro yeah yeah you know yeah. And, and 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 that kind of training like mm -hmm. there's no like there's no like pda that comes up and says hey this is a friendly it's not that right. you don't have a pokedex that right. comes out i mean you can scan them mm -hmm. but you also figure out like it kind of immerses you by making like teaching you since your character doesn't know that right. this guy is a good guy he probably won't mess with you yeah and then later like pretty much every species you encounter is somewhat deadly but there's like different levels of deadliness right like right like the the giant eel things in the mushroom cave they're like definitely deadly but they're not like yeah. terrifying deadly they're just you know they're just there and the crab squid no like the ones that pop out of the mushrooms Oh, they're not called crab squid. The electric no, eels. Okay, I think they're. Like I'm thinking about something. I'm, I'm thinking about something else. Yeah, there's I'm giant electric eels. Which side note? Uh, did you ever play Majora's Mask? Yes, I did. So, so there's a part of Majora's Mask where you're the fish, and you you have to dive into that eel hole. Do you remember that part? Is that the third temple? Yeah. Uh. Well, it's not a temple. It's like 
it's just a part of the Zora world. Like you have to go swimming and there's like a chest in the middle of a giant hole. And as you swim down the hole, like these giant eels come out and try to eat you. I haven't I, I haven't played Majora's Mask in a very long time, okay. but that does sound very similar to what Man, that, happens. that experience was like the most terrifying experience of my young gamer life, just having to swim deep into the hole. It's like it's like your brain is telling you not to do it. Yeah. But the feeling of saying like I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm doing it anyway. That's basically a Subnautica in a nutshell. Yeah, it like is. it's like it's like, no, you can just hang out and just eat this forever yeah. and like you'll eventually yeah. die of old age yeah. or you run out of food but it's okay but no you're like no i'm doing it yeah yeah and that's very that, that is very empowering mm -hmm. even though it's disempowering it's empowering to finally uh get over it so yeah that this thing that you're talking about they're called crab snakes oh, not okay. crab squid you look it up My, i did look it up okay. that's good you're, you're that guy from like the joe rogan experience who looks things up do you know that guy i do know joe rogan yeah I'm, i am that guy yeah, that's me that guy Okay, I looked it up too. Well, they look like eels, but they're called crab snakes. They kind—I of, I guess, guess eels so. look like snakes. Oh, the je jelly shroom cave. Yeah. What was the point of what was the point of this place? You go in there to get lithium. Oh. And they also have—they uh, also have some recipes, some blueprints. There's that abandoned uh, habitat. That's like the right. first time you find like a big, juicy habitat full of blueprints. Uh, I got a lot of I've furniture from there. Have you uh have you been following the new expansion they're working on at all? Well, I followed it on your Facebook, but no, otherwise no. Uh, that's all I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. but but basically, it's going to be set in an Arctic biome, nice. which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. I, I I foresee like in Subnautica, if you're about to drown, you can always just like usually you can always just swim straight up, right? And right, you can find right. air. But uh, like the Arctic biome has the classic fear of. You're trapped underneath the sea ice and you can't get to oxygen, which is yeah. which is great. I like I like that. that sounds <laughs> Even like, that more sounds claustrophobia. Like, I, I like the. This sounds terrifying. It sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds yeah. perfect. But I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, I think it's interesting because like humans are just uniquely unadapted for water, right? We do really badly in water. Any closing thoughts that you'd like to share? So or, if anybody, yeah, you don't have well, to. Well, we, we talked yeah. about Lovecraft and Subnautica, and those are both things I really like. Mm -hmm. I, I'd recommend if you have any interest in Lovecraft to either look up some of his stories online. They're usually for free because the interesting thing about mm -hmm. Lovecraft is he didn't really want any royalties from his work after he died. Like he wanted. That's why you can mm -hmm. make a Lovecraft story yourself and you won't get sued. Like no one really owns it, mm -hmm. so you can look it up for free. And also, <laughs> if you're into video games, you should absolutely play Subnautica because if you haven't. You're stupid. <laughs> yeah. I think. I think. I think. I think you would agree with that too, though. That's I would agree. That's yeah. basically I it. I think everyone should try it. 